The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing where every week we work our fingers to the bone trying to find you the folks who can give you the information and inspiration you need to start or build your own real estate investing business. And today we've got uh, a topic that, man, you hear about it. If you go to real estate association meetings around the country and you hang out before, after, etc., this topic is going to come up. And it's going to be super mysterious to you if you don't know what folks are talking about. Um, it's called infinite banking. And I uh, thought it was maybe time to talk about that here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. Just to, I don't know, maybe give you some background so you know how to have the discussion or evaluate evaluate what it is. And uh, we're going to get to that as soon as make a couple of quick announcements. Uh, tomorrow night is... My very favorite real estate association meeting of the entire year, every single year. It's, uh, it's, we call it, we call it the millionaire panel. Okay. But it's, it's, it's more than that. It is uh, a panel of folks who have already made at least a million dollars in real estate talking about this question. If I woke up tomorrow morning and I had lost everything, I lost my money, I lost my deals, I lost my properties, I lost my marketing, my contacts, my my tech, I lost everything. And I had to make another million dollars, but this time I only had two years to do it. What would I do? Very interesting responses that we get from the panelists every year. And every year it's different folks who... We bring up to the front of the room to say, here's, here would be my first step. Here's the strategies I'd use. Here's who I'd make sure I met. Here's the, you know, once I got this much money in the bank, then I would go and do this. Uh, cause I mean, basically it tells you, like, if you wanted to make a million dollars in two years, how you would go about doing it. They are allowed to keep their knowledge, by the way. They don't, they don't like wake up with amnesia. They're allowed to keep their knowledge. Anyway, it's an online meeting. So all of y'all could, attend this, be, be flies on the wall to listen to these folks talk about uh, what they would do and what they would avoid doing to make $2 million or to make $1 million in the next two years. You would just have to go get a link at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. That meeting starts at 7.15. If you can come as early as 6, uh, there will be a, an hour of um, a hands-on demo of PropStream that, that, that thing that a lot of people use for comps and whatnot. Uh, and they'll actually be showing you how to go into the program and get comps and leads and whatnot. 
So again, CincinnatiRia.com. Second thing, tonight after the show at 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Time is the second in Oria's six-week series of uh, How to Thrive in the New Market Zoom calls. These are discussions uh, on various topics. Tonight's topic is financing, the future of financing. We've got a hard money lender, a private lender, and a guy who uh, does creative finance talking about like what's going on in the market, what's going on in their worlds, how they think the continuing softening of the market is going to affect your ability to get money easily in those three uh, categories. And uh, this is since OREA is a nonprofit organization and they don't know how to charge money for appropriate money for things, it's free. Uh, you can get your link to be there tonight and for the next five weeks at OREA, O-R-E-I-A, convention.com forward slash how to thrive. OREA, convention.com, how to thrive. That one registration form will sign you up for all of the next five weeks, which cover the future of deal finding, the future of flipping, uh, how to have the right mindset when uh, folks are, you know, anxious about the market and, and pulling back from it, and then how to use your connections to get everything that you need without necessarily spending money to do that. OreaConvention.com slash how to thrive. So back to infinite banking. My guest today is Brett Kessler, kind of AKA the money multiplier. If you've seen him uh, at your local association or maybe at the national real estate summit, uh, he's, he's the guy with a sign behind him that says the money multiplier. Uh, what a lot of folks don't know about him is before he entered this life of infinite banking, he was a chiropractor and then he was a chiropractor coach for a while. And, uh, through a long series of events that we don't need to go through, he found himself almost a million dollars in debt, $984,000 in debt. And uh, he decided that uh, digging out by trying to, I don't know, work twice as hard or <laughs> somehow find a way to bring in even more income, even though the area had two jobs, uh, he needed to find a different way to do it. And that is how he personally kind of came across this concept of infinite banking and uh, the end of that story is he managed to pay that debt off in 39 months. Can you imagine? 39 months. So since then, he has been uh, like teaching, lecturing, explaining to people how this whole thing works. Uh, he is joining us from his home in Port Orange, Florida. Brent, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hey, Vina. How are you? Great to be on. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to share with your listeners. Yeah, and uh, boy, I as I've been thinking about the show today and going, man, you know, this this is not a topic that is super easy to really dig into without like a whiteboard or you know so, something where you can say, well, uh, and so here's how this works. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, kind of try and give people like a high level overview of what they're what it means when they hear people say, well, I'm totally into infinite banking now and uh, good luck to us. <laughs> and I also, I also, <laughs> right. I also want to uh, invite listeners if they have questions or, you know, want to want to know something more specific about what you've said to give us a call 
at 877-772-9658, or they can also, as usual, send an email in during the show at askvina at gmail.com. Okay. What is into, what is infinite banking? Yeah, very good, Vina. So anyway, the infinite banking concept, you know, it's a concept that's been around for over 200 years, but most of us have not been told about this concept. Um, anyway, there's a guy, his name is R. Nelson Nash, and actually Nelson Nash wrote this book called Becoming Your Own Banker. And anyway, I got a hold of that book. But anyway, just to give you a quick background, as you said, I am a chiropractor. I no longer practice anymore. I had chiropractic clinics in the Kansas City area. But anyway, I was at a chiropractic conference one time, Vina. It was back in 2006. And I heard somebody on the stage, and they were speaking about this infinite banking concept. And I was like, man, that sounds really, really good. But it just seemed too good to be true. I'm sure you've heard things like that where you look at things and it looks good, but it seems too good to be true. And you're thinking, what is the catch? There's got to be something that they're not telling me. Well, anyway, so that's the thing that I thought back in 2006. So after I left that chiropractic conference, I heard this information. I went back to my normal chiropractic life and I did nothing with the information that I heard. So then I go back to another conference about two years later, and about 10 or 12 of my colleagues that were at the previous conference were now at this conference. Now, the only thing different, Vina, between them and me is they took the information that they heard two years earlier, and they implemented it into their life. And about 10 or 12 of my colleagues were coming up to me, and they were saying, Brent, isn't that infinite banking concept the most powerful thing ever to pay off debt, to build and create wealth, to keep total control of your money without working any harder, without taking any additional risk, or without losing any control? And they were going on and on about this, and I wasn't doing it. So I kind of remembered after they told me, and so I thought to myself, look, I've got to start implementing this concept in my life. And because anyway, there's no way that 10 or 12 of my colleagues were lying to me, maybe one or two, but not 10 or 12. So I came home and I told my wife, I said, honey, we got to start implementing this concept in our life. And it was at that time, Vina, February of 2008, I found myself $984,711 in third party debt. That's what I owed the creditors. Well, I put this concept in place, and as you said, I was able to pay that off in 39 months, three years, three months, without having to work harder, change my cash flow, lose control, or take any additional risk with my money, all by adding one simple step. Now, the concept is driven by this guy, R. Nelson Nash. He wrote this book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Now, R. Nelson Nash passed away just a little over three years ago in March of 2019 at age 87 years old. But that is a book that you want to add to your wealth-building library. It's called Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. That book, Vina, completely changed my financial life. And now, because it changed my financial life, I became so passionate about it that I had to start teaching this to other people because it's not what we've been taught about money. This is a total different paradigm shift. It's not what our grandparents taught us, our parents taught us. It's not what our friends, colleagues, and coworkers 
are doing with their money. So all we're doing is we're adding one simple step in our financial life. And when we add that one step, it drastically improves our, as far as our life, as far as our money goes and our finances go. So that's kind of where the information was driven from. And I've been teaching this now all around the country, every state of the country. I've been like, as a matter of fact, for 10 years and six months now is how long I've been teaching this concept prior to the pandemic. I was speaking at 50 to 70 live events per year. The pandemic hit, everything just went to virtual and Zoom and online. But now things are opening back up, as you know, in the last six months, the live events are starting to come back. So that is the concept itself, the infinite banking concept. Um, and if you like, I can go into more, you know, on a high level of how it works. I definitely want to do that. But first, we need to take a quick break. And I need to again remind listeners that if you have any questions about this, because I, I got to tell you, the first time I heard about this, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just, I just like couldn't put the pieces together in my head at all. And uh, after I finally did, I was like, eh. Oh, okay. So this is something we can actually put on a spreadsheet and see how it works mathematically. Uh, but if you have a, if you have one of those what moments, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658 or you can send an email to askbina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're, we're trying to see if we can kind of explain the concept of infinite banking today for folks who have heard it, but were too embarrassed to say, what's that, <laughs> to their colleagues or who have heard it and like just didn't quite get it. And it, it's, you know, it's one of those things that is, is out there in the real estate world now. And, uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear the term, and it might it might be something that is good for you. It might not be something that's good for you. But uh, thought it, thought it'd be a good chance to do something a little bit different here and talk about infinite banking. Now, Brent, let me let me tell you where I started. I kind of started with my understanding of infinite banking. It has something okay. to do with using your own money to be your own banker and not paying like creditors money anymore and it has something to do with life insurance like that was what that was what i walked away with in my after my very first exposure to it probably 15 years ago fill in the blanks for us what is infinite banking yeah exactly right so this is all about you being the banker in your own life see the thing that people do right now is that they go out, they have a job, they get passive income, investment income, active income, and the thing that happens with that money is they take that money and they put it in to the conventional bank, wherever they bank at, the Bank of Florida where I'm at, the Bank of Cincinnati, Ohio. So they put that money in somebody else's bank, and then what they do is they pay their expenses and their bills from their checking account out of that money. So this is basically just changing that concept. Instead of you like just having all your money run through somebody else's bank, you're going to have that money run through your bank. Now, as you said, the product itself that we're using, the vehicle or the machine that we're going to use to build our wealth is a whole life insurance policy 
in a mutual company that pays dividends. Now, I know I just said that, Vina, and I had half of your listeners just change the channel. They're like, what? Life insurance? I know everything there is to know about life insurance. There's nothing more you can tell me. Well, no, 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 you don't know everything there is to know, because if you knew how this concept works, you would be implementing this process in your own life. This is not an investment. It's actually not even a product. It is a process to run your financial life. So here's what we're doing. We're going to take money, and we're going to go buy a whole life insurance policy in a mutual company that pays dividends. Now, it's not any whole life policy. It is a specifically designed, specially engineered whole life policy that has high immediate cash value. And my definition of immediate is meaning you can put money into that policy and start using the cash value within 30 days, right? So immediately you can start using the money in the policy to buy the things that you're going to buy in life anyway. Now, as I said earlier, the concept has been around for over 200 years. So it's not on trial. It's not being tested. No, it's been around for over 200 years. As a matter of fact, if you go and research the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Morgans, the Stanleys, the Barclays, this is what they have done to build, keep, and create wealth. Go research how Walt Disney built Disneyland, how Ray Kroc funded McDonald's, how Pampered Chef got started before Warren Buffett bought Pampered Chef. They all use this concept in their life, but it's not something that we talk about, right? It's not something that has been taught to us, right? So this is a concept. It, it is a paradigm shift. It's not normal. It's not what people think they do with their money. Most people are trained to do what? They get their money. They put it in a 401k, an IRA, or a qualified plan, and that's how they plan on building wealth. Well, how is that working out for the majority of people? Because you know people that are in those plans that are taking a bloodbath in their 401k's IRA qualified plan. So this concept is what the wealthy use. As a matter of fact, Vina, the number one purchasers of whole life insurance in the world are conventional banks. That's right. Conventional banks own more in whole life insurance than all of their land and their buildings combined. Now, why do you think – oh, and also, as a matter of fact, conventional banks back in the last 10 years, it, okay, so it's since 2013, conventional banks have quadrupled the amount of whole life insurance they purchase. So they keep buying more and more. Now, why on earth would conventional banks buy so much whole life insurance? Is, okay, is it because they're stupid or they know something the rest of us don't know? Yes, they know something the rest of us don't know. So all we're going to do, Vina, is we are going to mimic and imitate what the wealthy have been doing for over 200 years. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're just going to do what they've been doing and use the tools that are out there for all of us that most of us don't even know that's available. So just the big picture is the thing we're going to do is we're going to put money into the policy. So all we're doing, Vina, is we're adding one additional step in our financial life. Instead of you just taking money and putting it into a conventional bank, you'll put your money into the policy first. And when you do that, not only are you able to pay for the things that you're paying for in life anyway, but you're also able to recycle 
and recapture that money. So that money can be used over and over and over again. And that's why real estate investors love this, because they can continue to buy property and they can use the same money over and over again. It's just not using money one time. We're constantly recycling and recapturing the money. Now, the last thing I'll say before I'll pause is, is anyway, if you've ever heard of a guy, and I'm sure a lot of you guys that are listening and that are in real estate, you know or have heard of Robert Kiyosaki. Well, who is Robert Kiyosaki? Well, he wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's the book that he's pretty famous for. Well, he also wrote another book called Second Chance. And in that book called Second Chance, exactly the concept that I teach, Vina, Robert Kiyosaki talks about that in his book. But if you've read the book, you never understood it because they make it too complicated in the book. The second book is a guy named Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins wrote a book called Money Master the Game. In Chapter 5.4 of that Tony Robbins book, this is exactly what he's talking about. This concept that I teach is exactly the thing that he talks about. But again, just like in the Robert Kiyosaki book, they make it too complicated. They explain it in such a complicated method that nobody really understands what it means. So I teach the concept on basically a fourth grade level. We just keep it very very simple, and I show you exactly how this works, and I have over 6,300 clients in every state of the country that I work with on this concept, and, and they're continuing to build each and every day, each and every week. Okay, so Brent, first of all, take a breath, because it's, it's, really, it's really obvious that you're very passionate about this and that you talk about it a lot. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, f- I feel like at the beginning of the show, I flipped on a switch <laughs> and you just kind of went, yep, here's what, here's what I want people to know about it. So I have, I have questions. I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack into some of the stuff you said there to get a little, yep. a little more of an explanation. First of all, you, 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 you rattled off a whole list of people that we all recognize as being super wealthy. How wealthy do you actually have to be? in order to, in order for this to work? Like, are there listeners who should be like, well, I only make this much a year, so this probably isn't going to work for me? No, that's the beauty of it, Vina. You decide how much money that you want to put into your banking system. I tell people it doesn't matter if you make $10 an hour or $10,000 an hour. Everybody needs to break the bonds of financial slavery they don't even realize they're in and start taking control of their own money or wealth. So, no, it's totally up to you. You can put in, like, into your policy, you can put in 100 bucks a month. You can put in $100,000 a month. So you make the determination of how small or how large you want your banking program to be. Okay, next question. Um you mentioned that we're that in order for this kind of you know the basis of this kind of thing to work that you have to have a life insurance whole life policy so that's that's one of the ones that's not a term policy the cash value piece you said it needs to have a uh, cash value that you can access immediately i think most people when they think cash value on an insurance policy they think well that's the thing i use like when i know 
I'm terminal, right? And I, I need to take, I, I want to take the money out of my policy now because, you know, I need it or I want to enjoy it now or something like that. Um, and I think most people think of that as when I have, when I have taken the cash value, the policy's not there anymore. And it, it sounds like you're talking about something different that you can take it out. You can take some, that money out, but then you can somehow put it back. Yeah. Com- yep. Absolutely. So the cash value in your policy, immediately you have cash to use in the policy. And again, my definition of immediately is within the first 30 days. And the cash that you have in that policy should be used for the things you're buying in life anyway, whether you're buying houses or cars or paying rent or groceries or, I mean, everything that you're buying, you would just rather have the money run through the policy first. Because if you do that, you're now you're recapturing and recycling those dollars. Because, see, all that money, Vina, that you put in the policy, that is going into an account that you completely control. There's no stockholders. There's no shareholders. This is a whole life policy in a mutual company that pays dividends. And I work with several of these companies, but they're not just regular life insurance policies. It's not a term policy. It's not a variable. It's not a universal. It's not an IUL. It's a specifically designed, specially engineered whole life policy in a mutual company that pays dividends. As a matter of fact, right there in Cincinnati, Ohio, you guys have a great company that I do a lot of business with. It's called Lafayette Life in Cincinnati, Ohio. I write with other companies as well. But right there in Cincinnati, Lafayette Life sometimes referred to as Western and Southern. So that is a mutual insurance company. Now, what does the word mutual mean? It means there's no stockholders and shareholders. It means that you own the contract of that policy. Now, not the company you don't own, but you own the contract. So what that means is you have first right to your money. So when you put money into the policy and you're requesting money while you're living, the insurance company puts you in line first. No matter if they have that money invested out into other arenas, if you come knocking on the door and say, hey, I want some of my money, then that money is going to come to you. You're number one in line. Mm-hmm. Now, now let, help me help me understand this recycling process because I'm I'm getting that you would rather see me put if I, if I'm saving uh, or if I'm putting a thousand dollars a month into the bank to cover my bills, you would rather see me putting some or all of that quote into my policy, which I can then now pay the bills I was going to pay anyway. With that, is that is that uh, what's yeah, happening? Uh, Yes, absolutely right. Because anyway, let's think about this. So there's a conventional bank and there's an insurance company. Okay. The only difference between both a conventional bank and an insurance company is the name on the door. They're both places for you to store your wealth. Okay. They're both places for you to store your wealth. Now, if you have a choice of where your wealth is going to be stored, would you rather have that money inside of a conventional bank where there's stockholders and shareholders and they're making the profits on the dollars and the money that you have there? Or would you rather have it into into a whole life company, insurance company and a mutual company where you're making the profits and the dividends off of that money? Uh So 
that's the big difference is you are in total control of every aspect of the money and the policy. And there's lots of different insurance companies that do this, right? I mean, I just mentioned one that happened to be in Cincinnati because you're in Cincinnati. There's lots of different companies that we work with. So I am not the insurance company myself. I am the insurance producer. So when somebody works with me, they work with me, they come to me and they say, hey, I'm interested in one of these policies and hopefully they're going to use me to do it. Not that you have to use me. You can use anybody that understands this concept, right? Mm-hmm. So, so and, and then also the cool thing about it, Vina, is, is that the client, the person that buys the policy, they don't pay me or my company a dime. You're never going to write me a check for a dime. The way that I get paid, Vina, is I get paid the same way your car insurance guy or gal gets paid. So, for example, if you go to John Smith, say the Allstate insurance man, to buy car insurance, the check that you write is not to John Smith. You write it to Allstate, and then Allstate pays John Smith a commission for that policy. So that's how I work. You're never giving me a check for a dime. It goes it goes directly to the insurance company, to that mutual company. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 back to just just me trying to understand myself and help, helping listeners understand how this is different and useful versus having the money in a bank, or you you mentioned you mentioned four hundred one ks and and that sort of thing. I I put my thousand dollars into this insurance company, and then I. Two weeks later, I need to use it to pay my mortgage payment because it's due. What, yes. what have I gotten by putting it into the insurance company instead of just putting it into the bank and writing a check? Right. So, so Okay. So like when you put it into the policy first, okay, all of that money now that you put in the policy is growing and compounding at a guaranteed growth rate plus dividend, which is tax-free. All right. Oh wait, so wait, 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 wait! I like that term. Go back to that term. Yep. It's 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 tax free okay. if it's if it's happening in the insurance thing. It it is it is because when you pay the premium into the policy, you're paying the premium dollars into the policy again. As we said earlier, the amount you choose to put in it could be a small amount, it could be a large amount. So that money, Vina, when you send it to the insurance company. That is paid with after-tax dollars, Hmm. which is a great thing because what we want to do is we want to pay tax on our money one time, one time only. We want to get that money into a tax-free environment, and we want to get the government completely out of our hair. So everything now that's in that policy is growing and compounding. Every day is better than the day before. That's not me telling you that. That is in the policy contract. So before you ever sign and pay for the policy, you will see exactly the numbers and exactly the thing that's going to happen inside of your policy and how that money grows. So as that money is growing, you are now just uh, now the thing you're going to do is you're going to use the money. You're going to take a loan from the general fund of the insurance company, not your money. You're going to take a loan from the general fund of the insurance company, and what you're going to do is you're going to use that money to pay 
for example, like you said, your house payment or, or, or any bills or expenses or products and services that you're buying. But even though you're using that money to buy the stuff you're going to be buying in life anyway, all of your money, Vina, all of the money that you put in there is still growing and compounding in that guaranteed tax-free growth rate environment. Wait, so I took it so out? No tax on that growth. I, I, I took out the money, but they still treat it like it was still in there? They do, because, because the thing you're doing is you're taking it out as a policy loan. So what you're doing is you're putting your policy up for collateral. You're taking a loan from the general fund of the insurance company. So the money that you're using is not really your money. You're just putting your policy up for collateral. And what That's is that, all you're doing. So, what, what does that loan cost me? So, okay, so essentially the thing that you're doing is you're using, okay, you're using your death benefit ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So a loan on a policy is a prepayment of a death benefit. So when you put money into a policy and you borrow it out, it, it is basically the prepayment of a death benefit. It's not like what you've thought about in insurance when you put in X amount of money, then at the time that the insured person dies, there's a death benefit. No, this value you're using while you're living. So really you're using a portion of your death benefit while you're living. Now to answer your question, I have a full presentation on this, as you know, and I show you on these financial calculators how you can borrow at a higher rate than what you're earning and make money all day long. But the loan interest on the policy, I have no other, I have no company on this planet that charges more than 5% interest to take a policy loan. And it's not compounded interest, it's simple interest. So you're paying simple interest, but your growth is growing at compound interest. And for uh, those that have in the past that have seen my presentation on the calculator, I show you how you borrow at 6% and earn 4% and make money all day long. Now, I know that doesn't make sense because because the thing you're thinking is if we borrow at 6 and earn 4, we're losing 2. But I go through that and I show you exactly how that works, how we borrow at a higher rate than what we earn and how we make money. So that's how the insurance company works. Yeah, and Brent, uh, I'm going to I'm going to come back to that whole interest rate thing because it just clicked for me why real estate investors like this so well. Uh but we need to take a quick break and uh going to come back and also answer some questions from listeners. 877-772-9658 is the number here in the studio. You can also send in questions to askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Brent Kessler, who is trying in a 42-minute time frame to explain how infinite banking works. And he's actually got a 90-minute time frame to do that in at the upcoming National Real Estate Education Summit, where he is one of the very valued sponsors of that event. A lot of times people say, how do how does how does how does Oria keep that price at you know 157 bucks? 
with that great hotel and all the coffee and, you know, marketing and all the stuff that goes into it? And the answer is the sponsors. So thank you, Brent, for that. Uh, he's actually giving a presentation where he will, in fact, have slides and the ability to show you the math of this. Uh, I believe, Brent, that that is on Saturday morning, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Folks can look up the agenda at oreaconvention.com. Uh, and they can actually still get a ticket by pledging to WMKV. Uh, so if you go to WMKVFM.org and scroll down to the bottom, you'll see stuff about the uh, event, which is, uh, you know, kind of the largest. It's not kind of. It is the largest event in the country for small real estate investors. And it is actually getting really, really close to full. So if you've been thinking about doing that, it's not the same deal as last week in the fund drive. But you can still get uh, tickets at WMKVFM.org there. So, um, Brent, when you said that the effective interest rate on a loan you would take out against your policy is around 5%, and I know I heard you loud and clear that it's going to be different for different companies, but I thought, oh, okay, so if I wanted to buy a house or make a down payment on a house using the money that was, you know, mine because it was in my policy, uh, that is a whole lot cheaper than something like private money. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah, because as you know, private money is is quite expensive. Um, and, 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 then- and let me let me add this, because I, I, I think from some of the listener questions that I'm going to ask you in a minute, I think people are kind of in their brains, they're going, okay, this is kind of like an IRA or a 401k except I actually get to use the money personally, which I can't do from my IRA or 401k. And uh, yeah, so it it's kind of like, you know, tax-free money, but I can use it for what I want to use it for instead of what the IRS tells me I can use it for, which does not include buying properties for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as it being different from an IRA and a 401k, you got to remember when you put money into an IRA or 401k, so there's no guarantees at all that that money is going to be there when you go and get it out, right? So, and really you're absorbing all of the risk in that, right? So the thing you do is you put money in a 401k and IRA. And why do most people do that? Because that's what they've been trained to do. That's what our parents, our grandparents, our friends, our colleagues, and our coworkers are doing. Put money away in a 401k IRA qualified plan and use the money later. Well, there's no guarantees that that money's going to be there. And there's also the control factor. Somebody else is controlling the factor, is controlling the money because you cannot access or use that money until you're 59 and a half without paying the penalty. Now, even if you go and, and just get the money out even after you're 59 and a half, you still have to pay the tax on the money. And what's going to happen to the tax then? It's going to be at a higher rate because taxes continually go up. And also when you wait and you put your money and you give up control of that money, you're also going to be, okay, those dollars are going to be weaker because the dollar is stronger today then it's going to be down the road, right? Just think about how many candy bars you could buy 25 years ago for a dollar, how many you can buy today for a dollar. So this is about you completely controlling your money. And just to give you an example, Bina, if, if like your listeners go read that book, that Nelson Nash book, Becoming Your Own Banker, even Nelson Nash 
back in the 1980s. He, he talked about how he sat there owing $500,000 in 1980. And guess what the interest rate was back in, in, in around the 1980? It was like 21% is what is just what they were charging, right? 21% interest. And that was if you were a prime customer and most customers are not prime. So this is how he really discovered this infinite banking concept because he sat there owing 500 grand. And even Nelson says that nobody created that problem for him other than himself. He put himself in the own situation and he discovered, he says, Hey, I've got these cash value life insurance policies that I can go and borrow money for 8% at the most, 8%. So in an interest rate environment of 21 plus percent, you can go borrow the money from these insurance companies at a way lower rate. You don't even have to pay back the policy loan. Even if you borrow from the insurance company by putting your policy up for collateral, Vena, the policy loan is simply a prepayment of the death benefit. You are borrowing against your death benefit. Now, the insurance company, they're never going to ask you, why do you want a policy loan? And they never ask you if you plan on paying it back because they don't care because they know they're going to get their money at the end of the day because you are guaranteed to die, pass, or graduate. Whatever word you like to use, it's not an if, it's a when. And at the time of your passing, what happens, Vina? is the death benefit, which is always higher than the cash value or the policy loan available. It's always a higher number. What happens, Vina, is the death benefit will pay off any outstanding policy loan because they've already given you that money while you're living, and then the additional money will go to your beneficiaries tax-free. So not only do your beneficiaries get the death benefit amount after the policy loan is paid off, if there is any policy loan, but they also get all of the assets that you have used to purchase, um, okay, all the items that have been used to purchase with those policy funds. So they get the assets that you purchase, plus they get the tax-free death benefit. Okay, so Brent, we have just like literally six or seven minutes left in the show and i have some listener questions that i need to uh get out of the way here because once you're gone i am not going to be able to answer these <laughs> i'm not going to be able to answer okay. them next week okay so uh david asks the money that's invested that is creating that return is it being invested in the stock market and if so what happens if to your strategy and your policy if the market falls yeah, great question. And the answer is, David, the money in the policy can never go down in value. It can never decrease. It can only go up. That's why that's why this is not an investment, because the definition of an investment is something that can go up and something that can go down. Well, the money in the policy can never decrease. It can only increase. And you can go Google it or look it up. Nobody in your state or any state in the country has ever, ever lost money in a whole life policy in a mutual company that pays dividends. So here's what the insurance company does with the money. Whenever you pay premium to the insurance company, what they do is they take about 80% of those dollars and they put it into investment grade bonds, good safe bonds. About another 7% goes into home and commercial mortgages. A lot of these big housing developments, commercial buildings, they are financed 
with blocks of money from insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Then another 7% goes to policy loans to their policyholders, which is what we're talking about. And then the other 7% has to sit in a very low interest-bearing account, almost equivalent to cash, because when death occurs, those death benefits have to be paid out in a timely manner. Now, no matter what avenue or what place the insurance company has those funds in, whenever you go knocking on the insurance company's door and say you want your cash value, they have to take that money from wherever they have it, and you are number one in line. So the only time they do those other investments that I just mentioned to you is when the policyholder is not accessing or using the cash value in the policy. Okay, so to, so to tie that one up in a bow, I assume that what you just said means that if the portion that's in the stock market isn't doing well, or if the portions in the real estate market isn't doing well, that could affect the uh, the return that you're getting within the policy, but what, what it doesn't affect is how much money you have available, either as a death benefit or to get the loans you're talking about. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the only thing that can affect, now remember, it's not in the stock market, right? It's not in the stock investment grade bonds, right? So the insurance company invests very conservatively. So um, inside of the policy, there is a guaranteed growth rate inside of the policy, which is the worst that the policy can ever can ever perform. And then there is a dividend. A dividend is paid annually. So every year, the insurance company decides what is the profit of the company, and they declare that as a dividend. Now, once a dividend is declared, it can never be retracted. It can never be taken back. Now, even though dividends are not guaranteed, every single company that I work with has been paying dividends for over 123 consecutive years without fail. The only way an insurance company pays a dividend at all is if they're profitable. Now, I want you to think about what I just said, 123 consecutive years. Well, that's back before the year 1900. So what kind of stuff have we went through in this world since the, since the year 1900? We, we went through several recessions. We went through the Great Depression of the 1930s. So during all of those times, these insurance companies were profitable and have paid dividends. Nice. So a question that we got actually from two different people, Peter and Gail, is about is there some effective age limit where you're just not going to be able to open up one of these policies? Yeah, there is. And that's normally like when you're above your mid-70s. I would have told you until about four months ago that about 72 or 73 is the oldest you're going to be able to start a policy. And then actually, so my daughter was talking to a client, which my daughter works in my business with me. She was talking to a client that was age 77 and he got approved for a policy. So that threw that out the window. But normally it's about the early or mid-70s from when you are starting a policy. But even if you're at that age right now, or even if you have a health challenge, let's just say you have cancer, God forbid, and you're not insurable, it's okay because what you can do is you can buy a policy and own a policy and completely control that policy on another individual that you have a vested interest in, such as a spouse, a child, a grandchild, or even a business 
partners. So you can own policies on other individuals as long as you have an interest in that person. I have a guy that owns 107 policies, and he is not insurable himself. He was diagnosed with leukemia in 2006, and they gave him 90 days to live, right? So he, he can never buy a policy since then but he still owns policies on other people, such as spouse, children, business associates, et cetera. Wow. Okay. So so there at the last minute, you just opened up a whole nother can of worms that I want to know all about, but we are out of time. So I'm going to talk to you at the National Summit when we're uh, together in Cincinnati on November 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. Folks can find out more about that and get registered at wmkvfm.org. Don't forget that the annual millionaire panel is tomorrow night at Cincinnati Ria. Get your link because it's online at CincinnatiRia.com. And we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <music>